Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Pandemic profits waning, your news update, and Royce and I talk about the future of work on this edition of State of the Bands Weekend starting right now. Hello and welcome to Arbitrage, State of the Bands Weekend for November 6, 2021. I'm Joshua Stark. Japanese game maker Nintendo's profit dropped 19% in the first half of its fiscal year from the previous year when it received a big lift from people stuck at home by the pandemic turned to its products. Kyoto-based Nintendo Company reported Thursday a 178 billion yen profit for the year as opposed to 213 billion yen in the same period the previous year. Fiscal half sales slipped 19% to 624 billion yen. It did not break down quarterly numbers. Nintendo, which is behind the Super Mario and Pokemon games, was among the global companies that received a boost by the pandemic. Speaking of companies that got boost from the pandemic, Peloton suffered its worst day as a publicly traded company Friday after telling investors that it will likely lose more money than it expected in fiscal 2022. Peloton thrived during the pandemic, recording its first and only profitable quarters with Americans unable to hit the gym, instead setting up places to work out at home. Sales of its high-end bikes and treadmills soared as did subscriptions from its online interactive classes. Those sky-high sales have stalled, however, since the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines. Gyms have reopened with some restrictions, and people are beginning to spend money on other things like travel and restaurants. Late Thursday, the New York City company said it expects those lucrative subscriptions to drop 6% and losses in 2022 of between $425 million and $475 million. That's a lot more red ink than its previous guidance of $325 million in losses. America's employers accelerated their hiring last month, adding a solid 531,000 jobs, the most since July, and a sign that the recovery from the pandemic recession is overcoming a virus-induced slowdown. Friday's report from the Labor Department also showed that the unemployment rate fell to 4.6% last month, from 4.8% in September. That is a comparatively low level, though still well above the pre-pandemic jobless rate of 3.5%. And the job gains in August and September weren't as weak as initially reported. The government increased its estimate of hiring for those two months by a hefty combined 235,000 jobs. All told, the figures point to an economy that is steadily recovering from the pandemic. 
A tiny home in a wealthy Boston suburb has sold after about a month on the market, albeit for the far less than the original asking price of almost $450,000. The roughly 250-square-foot home in Newton sold on Monday for $315,000, according to Colwell Banker. The home on a .06-acre lot went on the market in late September. The house, built in 1970, is described as an adorable, tiny studio home featuring completely open living space with a loft and a ready-to-finish basement and recent renovations, including a new bathroom and electrical upgrades. Several unusual homes in the Boston area's hot real estate market has sold for high prices in the past several months. Boston's famous 10-foot-wide skinny house sold in September for $1.25 million and a home gutted by fire for nearly 400000 More after this. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This week's State of the Bands blog includes Here Comes the Robots and Hey, They've Got Food. Tesla trying to avoid a recall and the new normal workplace. All this and more in this week's State of the Bands blog, available now and 24 hours a day at arbitragetrade.com and .org. Now let's go to the Chief Executive Officer of Arbitrage, Mr. Royce Wells, for more. Royce, I smell pumpkin spice. Man, this is my favorite time of the year. It is. It, I, th- I think it's. I think it's pretty much everybody's favorite time of the year. I mean, if you think about it, in November. I mean, it's like that that sweet spot between oh, around here. That sweet spot between humid mosquito hell yes. and and frigid cold. It's kind of that that. I don't know. This good. year was kind of faster. Yeah, I'm like, we got thirty right. degree weather. I saw my breath this morning. I was going. Um, I want my mummy. that's a great segue so interesting thing um what you got kim kardashian we don't talk about her that much around no she broke the internet and we stopped talking about her yeah yeah well she tried again at the 2018 met gala she got a a picture with a mummy a sarcophagus Uh, apparently yeah you were telling me that. Um, it's not exactly the Mets to do with things. Yeah, somebody kind of noticed, like, when she took, you know, they were doing a, a promo shoot with it, right? And somehow, um, at this, uh, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, someone noticed that, hey, I recognize that mummy. We've been looking for that mummy, right? Are you my mummy? It, right. So, apparently, a thief made off with a whopping $4 million by selling it to them. 
And, and I think at um, I think it was 2011. Yeah, basically and falsified paperwork. Falsified the paperwork, and they're like, okay, well, hey, it looks authentic. Uh, looks like uh, the paperwork was generated from 1971. Okay, yeah, everything looks good. Put it on in there. Well, the the, the actual owners found it and were like, yeah, no, we kind of need that back. That that That's actually kind of ours. That would be ours. Thank you very much, right? It's uh, the Egyptian government, I think, is saying, hey, hey, uh, y'all, you know, kind of, kind of uh, stole that didn't you and yeah. of course met was like no we didn't here's our paperwork and like, uh yeah, this is fake yeah <laughs> so the 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 thieves got away with around four million uh bucks and hey uh you know it's a trade thing it's 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 out there yeah um, illegal trade in the black market is definitely out there do you know, like, I think um, they um, over the years, we've been able to cover, I think, about 19,000 or so artifacts, um, basically, that were illegally or not illegally. Basically, it's like, oh, we found these. Like, I know the British Museum of Art is notorious for having art that basically got sold on the black market and somehow now wind up there. Don't they're like. The, the, the running joke in, I guess, Great Britain is like, don't ask us where we got this. Don't ask, don't tell as far as antiquities, huh? Yep. Um, Indiana Jones would be proud. He'd basically find it, give it to the museum, and they're like, okay, it's good. <laughs> there you go. You never thought that Kim Kardashian would be part of a, uh, a, a sting as far as antiquities are concerned, but there you go. Yeah, I mean she she she's she's a piece of art herself, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. More after this on Arbitrage State of the Bands Weekend, including more news. Stick around. Sorry. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the US face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Tesla has issued a recall that automatically sent a software update fixing a safety problem in its electric vehicles, apparently heading off a looming confrontation with U.S. safety regulators. But recall documents posted on the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website Tuesday didn't address another safety issue specified by the agency when it demanded that Tesla explain why it wasn't doing recalls for safety-related software updates done over the Internet. The recall covers nearly 12,000 Teslas with a glitch in the full self-driving software that can make the car stop for no good reason. 
The company's paperwork says the problems with automatic emergency braking can increase the risk of other vehicles hitting Teslas from behind. A public recall allows owners to ensure repairs are done and that people buying cars know of potential safety problems. It also allows the NHTSA to make sure that the recall addresses the safety issue. The agency can fine automakers if they don't issue recalls quickly enough or if they don't fix all the problems. The recall covers all four Tesla models, the S, the X, the 3, and the Y. Tesla documents say a software update sent on October 23rd introduced the glitch. Company documents say Tesla started getting reports from owners the next day about phantom braking. In a number of hours, the company said it canceled further updates or reverted the software to a previous version that disabled emergency braking on some of the vehicles. On October 24th, the company traced the cause to a communication disconnect between two computer chips. It developed another software update to fix the problem and sent it out on October 25th, according to the documents. The company said it voluntarily agreed to do a recall on October 26th. The move appears to show that Tesla now will issue a recall when it pushes out software updates to fix safety issues. It also sets a precedent for other automakers that they do the same. On October 12th, regulators sent a letter to Tesla demanding to know why the company didn't recall its vehicles when it sent a software update to fix a problem with its autopilot partially automated driving system. The update addressed detection of emergency vehicles parked on roads while crews responded to crashes. The NHTSA opened an investigation of autopilot in August after getting reports of a dozen crashes into emergency vehicles. The investigation covers 765,000 vehicles, almost everything that Tesla has sold in the U.S. since the start of the 2014 model year. Of the dozen crashes that are part of the probe, 17 people were injured and one was killed. Tesla had until Monday to explain why it didn't issue a recall for the autopilot update. As of early Tuesday, NHTSA had not posted any documents detailing Tesla's response. The agency had said conversations with Tesla continue to ensure that any safety defect is promptly acknowledged and addressed according to the National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act. The statement didn't say if Tesla responded to the agency's questions on the autopilot software update. Tesla did a software update in late September that was intended to improve detection of emergency vehicle lights in low-light conditions. The safety agency said Tesla is aware that federal law requires automakers to do a recall if they found out that vehicles have safety defects. More after this on Arbitrage State of the Bands Weekend. Stick around. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! <laughs> Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? 
Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Food delivery these days is blown up due to the pandemic partially, but partially because people want to stay at home or they're just inconvenienced. So Uber Eats and DoorDash and all these other services have popped up to fill a need. As a matter of fact, it's been said that an Uber driver can make up to forty-seven dollars to $50,000 a year if that's the only thing they do. But, however, technology has answered. It seems like robot food delivery is here. We are going to get food delivered by robots. Pretty cool thing. Uh, and it's happening. It's happening in small towns and college campuses right now. What's cool about this is that I, I like to see that um, you have underdogs coming into this rat race, right? Um for example, uh, what was the name of that company? Um, Starship Technologies. They're basically getting into the rat race of basically having um, robots deliver food. And they're basically between like two feet and six feet tall. And they have cameras, GPS, a whole bunch of things to monitor them and do all this stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, um, Amazon in London did a pilot where they were using drones yep. to try and deliver essentials like paper towels, toiletries, any basically thing that you have on repeat for the Amazon app, right? I think that program is still still in, in development with Amazon. I think they haven't given that up yet. Yeah. I actually went to college with the per, uh, person that's actually over all that. Oh, sweet. So uh, she, she has her hands full. Am I do not... Uh, envy you at all <laughs> <laughs> well starship technologies is actually pretty cool because they've just completed their two millionth delivery not only that but they're delivering 1,000 robots on 20 u.s campuses and 25 more will be added soon uh they're operating in milton Keynes, england modesto california uh and in uh, for some reason Estonia, I think that's their hometown, right? Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, start at home. Make sure it works at home before you ship it out. There you less go. Less maintenance, less 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 road time. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, they there are some drawbacks though. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have a, a remote operator kind of keeping tabs on it. Um, yeah. Also, there's a thing that we might have to deal with around here, theft. Yeah, depending on how heavy they are, you can just literally pick them up, carry them away. The, the good thing is they have lots of tracking things, lots of cameras, lots of basically things to help uh, the owner keep track of where it is. So that way they d just don't come up missing. But I'm sure since they're like placing them on campus, you might see a robot walking around with one person's mascot or another school's mascot. Depending on, like, if you steal them, you, you've seen you've painted the rock, you've painted, you know, like, college campuses. These things, they happen. They're not really stealing them. They just relocate them to another campus and basically dress them in the wrong colors. Right. You know, hey. 
Well, there there are a couple of drawbacks. I mean, they're electric, so they must recharge. They're inflexible, yeah. meaning um, a customer can't really can't really tell a, a robot to leave the food outside the door. But yeah. around here, we'd find robots with twenty one inch uh, twenty one inch wheels, Rim, big stereo modification, yeah. big stereos, and a Nissan badge. Hey, imagine having those robots in the Bronx. Yeah, right. <laughs> more <laughs> All af- kinds of stuff. More after this on Arbitrage State of the Bands Weekend. Stick around. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Pack your bags, investors. It's winners and losers. Hotels edition. This winner up 6% operates as a casino entertainment company worldwide. The company develops and operates gaming establishments as well as related lodging restaurant, horse racing, and entertainment facilities. As of March 25th, it operated four ship-based casinos. Century Casinos, symbol C-N-T-Y, starts at $15.75 a share. Next, this winner up 4% provides hospitality services to the natural resource industry in Canada, Australia, and the United States. Company develops lodges and villages and mobile accommodations, including modular skid mounted accommodation and central facilities that provide long term and temporary workforce accommodations. It also provides food, housekeeping, and maintenance services, as well as laundry, facility management and maintenance, water and wastewater treatment, power generation communication systems, security and logistics services, and comp management services. Civio, symbol C-V-E-O, starts at $23.33 a share. Last, this winner up 3% as a self-managed and self-administered lodging REIT focused on the acquisition, renovation, upbranding, and repositioning of upscale to upper upscale full-service hotels in the southern United States. Currently, the company's portfolio consists of investments in 12 hotel properties comprising 3,156 rooms as well as interests in two condominium hotels and their associated rental programs. The company owns hotels that operate under the Hilton Worldwide, Hyatt Hotels, and Marriott International brands, as well as independent hotels. Southerly Hotels, symbol S-O-H-O-N, starts at fifteen nineteen a share. Losers this week. This loser down 5%. Operates as a gaming and hospitality company in the United States. The company operates casinos, including 
poker, kino, and racing online sports books, dining venues, bars, nightclubs and lounges, hotels, and entertainment venues. It also offers staffing and management services, accessories, souvenirs, and decorative items through retail stores and online sports betting and gaming services. Caesars Entertainment, symbol at CZR, starts at 10648 a share. This loser, down 4%, owns, develops, invests in, operates, manages, and leases casinos and related hospitality and entertainment facilities in the United States. The company owns and operates the Silver Slipper Casino and Hotel in Hancock County, Mississippi, which has 750 slot machines and 24 table games, a surface parking lot, approximately 500 space parking garage, and a 129-guest room hotel, an on-site sports book, a fine dining restaurant, a buffet, and a quick-service restaurant, as well as oyster, casino, and beachfront bars, and a 37-space beachfront RV park. Full House Resorts, symbol FLL, starts at 1048 a share. Winners and Losers is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute advice and trading. Percentages and stock prices were current as of time of recording. Arbitrage Trade Analytics LLC is solely responsible for the content of this podcast, but you should seek out the assistance of a licensed professional Arbitrage for investment Trade advice. Analytics LLC is a privately held market research company. Arbitrage Trade Analytics LLC is solely responsible for the preparation and distribution of the content of this podcast. The opinions offered in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. For more information about the informational research and services offered by Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, please visit arbitragetrade.com. We have a lot of people that contribute to Arbitrage, and we've had a contribution to our state weekend, this time from Arbitrage's chief data officer, Mr. David Grantham, in this Harvard Business Review interview with Microsoft's Satya Nadella about flexible work. Thank you for that, David. Royce, with everything that's gone on in the past year, uh, the landscape of work has kind of changed. What's your take on what Satya is saying about the concept of this new world of work? In my opinion, it's always been there, but a lot of big corporations never realized it. And what I mean by that is like, for example, every job that you do, every job that you um, show up to and work every day, it is your choice. You are providing a service to that company and the reward for that service is being paid, right? Now that we are, well, we have more bargaining chips because we can work at home, right? Or we can work in the office. This is allowing people to explore and expand. It's like, well, okay, I might be in this department, but I'm, I like that. I want to eventually wind up doing that. Is there any chance I could shadow or hang out with these guys a little bit, even if it's on Zoom, to basically see what's going on? And basically all it is is an invitation to a meeting. So you're not necessarily interrupting the day. You're just sitting there watching like you're watching television or watching YouTube to learn a new craft or a new skill. Well, I may be pulling back the curtain a little bit with us, but, you know, we've been doing a lot of work on Zoom. And technically speaking... 
We've been doing Zoom since around the end of 2019. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Before it became really popular. Yeah. I mean, we we were pre-pandemic on a lot of this. And you and I, we don't have basically anyone here in our office that can't do the stuff that we do from the house. Yeah, that is true. So, like, we keep very, very flexible hours. That's one of the things I really love about our culture and our uh, how we do it, right? It's that we say, hey, I need to do this. Pick when you're going to do it. Just have it in by Friday. Yeah. Right. We're not clock punchers. We're more of like, hey, these are the tasks that need to be done this week. Let's figure out how to get them done and when we're going to get them done and when our schedules can jive. So that way we can get them done. And it turns out that 70 percent of people that work, they enjoy that kind of flexibility. Yeah. Give some freedoms. But there's also that human collaboration type of situation, which I kind of appreciate being able to, you know, come into the conference room, say, hey, Royce, I've got this and I've got that. It's something that can't really be done when you work remotely. Well, I could see that, too. But also, and, and this is this is my opinion. I'm so I'm going to put that preface that at the very beginning. I think that a lot of the ideas that have come forth in the last 30, 40 years and basically in the uh, corporate American culture has been mostly from the extroverts. Right. By having people work from home, you're actually getting a little bit more feedback, if not a lot more feedback from the introverts. So you're getting ideas that would otherwise not be heard that are really, really good ideas that could possibly change how work works. So what's happening is there's kind of a flip going on, right? Yeah, absolutely. We have people who didn't really have a voice before that are contributing bigger roles. And as a matter of fact, they're finding out that they're more comfortable with other roles than other people and kind of flipping the script, right? They're flipping the script and basically a lot opportunities that were not present when we were all working in the office are presenting themselves boldly while we're working from home. And in a sense, also, you're looking at people that are figuring out why they do what they do and yeah. if they really enjoy what they do and finding new things to do. Yeah. And I, I know, like, typically in, in the IT field, people burn out in about five years. Basically, they do it for five years and they're like, OK, I got to switch. Because basically it's too much. It's it's all very intense. It's all very fast paced. It's IT. But with the work from home dynamic being put in place, it allows them to basically have a breather. They, they basically do it at their at their pace. They still meet their deadlines, but they feel like they have more freedoms. I know a lot of people's displeasure with their job is like, I don't have the freedom to be able to have the freedom to be able to to do what I need to do. Like I want to sleep until 8.30 and I can since I don't have to make them the morning commute. Right. It's like today I got a haircut before I came into the office. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's been, I had my tires <laughs> changed yesterday before I came into the office. So yeah. And it, yet we're still kicking butt and taking names right here at the arbitrage. Absolutely. That, and we're so happy to have everybody along with us in that. So make sure you come back to see us anytime at arbitragetrade.com or .org, where we're available 24 hours a day. Otherwise, y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. And hit that snooze button. Hit that snooze a couple of times. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.